0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocals of Cryptopsy, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians and we talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope that you guys had a great week. I had a crazy week. On Tuesday, I was very busy. I conducted a whole bunch of interviews once again. Super excited to get those out coming up in the next few weeks. If you would like to support the Vox & Hops podcast, the best way to do that is through the Vox & Hops Big Cartel page. The link is in the description. I just launched two new products. I launched the Vox & Hops Cuff Knit Beanie. It's getting cold up here in Canada. I don't know where you guys are right now, but it's probably getting cold there too. Winter is coming, and these are great, great, great tools to keep your noggin nice and warm during these cold months coming up. I also put up the Vox and Hops 9-ounce glassware, the exact style of glass that I use when I am at home sharing craft beers with my friends. It is the perfect style of glass for your craft beer needs. And until November 20th, the pre-orders are still open for the Vox & Hops. Water makes you rust when you're made of metal long sleeve. I'm so proud of this shirt. The artwork that Andrew Tremblay designed for this t-shirt is one of my favorite artworks I've ever had. From my whole career in the metal industry, I think it's fucking awesome. And the pre-orders are going to be open until November 20th, and then I'm closing it, and then that's it. I'm going to place the order, and I will never make these shirts again. This is a limited run. It's fucking awesome. You got the rusted hops vines running up and down each sleeve, and on the back, you got the water makes you rust when you're made of metal, quote, which is just too fucking cool. Don't send me a bunch of emails after November 20th saying, hey, man, I want to order a shirt. Because that's what happened last time. It's not going to happen this time. It's going to be over. That's it. Get your long sleeves before November 20th, or you're going to miss out. Today on the podcast, I am with Travis Werner, the vocalist of Visceral Disgorge. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 84.
1: I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed.
0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Today I'm with Travis Werner the vocalists of Visual Disgorge. And uh, we are at Le Saint-Buc uh, Brasserie Artisanale in Montreal, Quebec. Yes. And you are about to play the electric butthole. Yes. For for probably the third or fifth time. Is that <laughs> what that
1: means? The electric
0: fufun bum? Ele- Fufon Electric is the electric bum? <laughs> hole. Yeah, yeah. No, the electric bum, really. Yeah. Electric bum. Yeah. It's a classic venue. I always say the CBGBs of Montreal. It
1: is a sick venue. Yeah. How have you been? I've been great, man.
0: What's been going on? You guys just released a new record?
1: Yes, sir. Let's Uh, talk
0: about that. It's been getting a lot of uh, positive praise. How does that feel?
1: I guess it feels good. (laughs) (laughs) I've been at it for so long. It's like, uh, you know, it's cool to finally see, uh, you know, like the past touring and um, past um, relationships and, and and friends and... You know, everything's kind of paying off, I guess. Absolutely,
0: yes, yes. Because you guys have been touring a lot. You guys don't stop.
1: Uh, That's not necessarily true. Um, You know, um, now that the album's out, we're going to try to do like some full cycles and stuff like that. But the last couple years, everything that we've did, we maybe tour maybe three times a year, try to do festivals and stuff, but that's mainly just to get some... Buzz around the, the new release. That's why we did that um, instead of just being stagnant for two years and not doing anything. We try to remain, keep our name out there in the scene and stay relevant amongst the hundreds and hundreds of, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like uh,
0: extreme metal bands,
1: all the other bands, all the other are, extreme bands like want, you guys. that want our position on the. <laughs> On the bill yeah.
0: <laughs> I think you guys are doing well uh, yeah. The new record is uh, very extreme Very intense Yeah, we try to kick it
1: up a few notches um, I,
0: I feel that, I absolutely feel But there's, there's still songs there Which is what's really interesting
1: Yeah, I mean, we try to keep it um, uh, Easily Like you can headbang to
0: mm-hmm. There's a groove always, yes It's, yeah. not, it's complicated, but it's still it's a song How important is it um, to write interesting lyrics? How do you approach writing
1: lyrics? Well on the last album I um the whole lyrical theme and how I did everything was um just try to be nasty and disgusting, you know. So a lot of that was uh directly influenced by like bands like uh um Gorgasm and Devourment and uh a lot of like the old school brutal death metal lividity and stuff like that. I was just trying to like be grosser and more, uh, more offensive than all the other bands. Um, you know, it's kind of like a, uh, a, a homage to like Barnes era Cannibal Corpse. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were kind of like very influenced by that. Um, so now, with the lyrical theme for the new album, is more of like cosmic horror, Lovecraftian. Uh, you know, John Carpenter esque. Uh, imagery and sci-fi and um, there's still parts in there that are about, you know, um, sexual alien perversions and being (laughs) fucked by tentacles and having your asshole ripped apart and being ripped into pieces by these, you know, uh, these entities from another dimension, but so it's a little bit different than than the first album, uh, but I wanted to do something different because if you notice, like the artwork on the first album is all aliens and shit, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. all the lyrics are like, you know, I'm going to fuck your face and rape your butthole type of shit and cut you open, and I, and I was like, well, maybe the lyrics should start to resemble the the imagery a little more.
0: Everything should just all be one cohesive
1: package. Right. And it's easier for me to delve into, uh, sci-fi and like the lore of like, uh, old school RPGs, like, uh, Warhammer 40k and, uh, Dungeons and Dragons and, you know, Call of Cthulhu and all these old uh, RPGs and stuff like that, and the imagery and stuff. So, we actually the guy who did the artwork for the new album he he he's not like a metal guy per se. I mean, he is he's in the metal, but he hasn't worked with that many metal bands. He he's more famous for you know doing the fantasy role playing art as opposed to doing artwork for metal bands. That's awesome. it. That's, yeah. that's, that actually makes it
0: interesting, and he's not going to be oversaturated and just making the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Box and Hops is all about hanging out with metal musicians, talking about their lives, their music, and craft beer. We are at the saint Buck today, and we are drinking the saint Buck's Oracle from 2008, actually. Cheers. It's a brown Belgian beer. It uh, smells sweet.
1: It is delicious.
0: Yeah. It's got like a... Not quite dark brown. It's almost like a light brown color. It's sweet. It's malty. It's really, really good. It clocks in at a 9 ABV, and uh, I like it. It's Hell not yeah. something that I would have ordered, so I'm no? glad that you picked it out. Hell yeah. I'm all about the Belgian Abbey ales. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about craft beer or Belgian beer. Or German
1: beers or. Uh How did you get into that? <laughs> Trial and error. <laughs> <laughs> I drank a lot of shitty beers. Do you remember your first experience with alcohol? Probably uh drinking some uh yeah, uh, some Michelob's. Yes, Canned Michelob's behind uh behind my friend's shed when I was like 12 or 13 or something. <laughs> Getting wild. Well, that was the first time I got drunk, I should say. I, I had beer. My grandfather used to give me beers when I was a kid, you know, but That was the first time I experienced getting drunk, I guess.
0: (laughs) What would be uh, your favorite beer style of choice? You can only drink one beer for the rest of your life. What would that be?
1: Beer uh, style. Fuck. That's a a tough one because there are so many delicious styles. Um, But if I could only choose one, it'd probably be like a brown ale or something like that. Just something smooth, something that's easy to drink. I can't really get into the IPAs and all that kind of stuff that's popular now just because it tastes like flowers, like I'm drinking <laughs> perfume or something.
0: Well, the good news is that I've heard that laggers are coming back. So so the next big hip thing is going to be laggers. Mm. <laughs> At least it tastes like a beer. <laughs> what would be a dream tour for Visceral disgorge, in case you have not already done
1: it? Cannibal Corpse, dying fetus. Ooh, and that would be brutal. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, I love that. And we could throw a morbid angel in there too. Yeah, camel course, morbid angel, dying fetus. Before you step on stage, what do you do to prepare yourself mentally and physically? Mm, sometimes I stretch and try to get limber, but. Um, <sighs> lately i've just been uh just winging it man really yeah just like that just like not really preparing not really stretching not doing any warm-ups just just going up there and winging it and how has that been going <laughs> <laughs> okay i guess i'm still getting compliments there you
0: go that's good <laughs> let's take you back to the beginning when did you pick up the mic why did you start screaming <laughs> when did you realize you can sound like a toilet bowl
1: I started singing back, um, I guess the first band I was in was formed in 1994. It was like a, I guess you could call it like an anarcho-crust punk band from Baltimore. We were called uh, No Charisma, and, uh, you know, we had a lot of songs about, like, uh, anti-vivisection, anti-nuclear war, uh, you know, uh, disarmament, and so on and so forth, um, so that was, I guess, when I found out that I could sing. Um, Always screaming. Yeah, that was more kind of like high-pitched, kind of raspy type of cross-punk vocals. That's that's typical with cross-punk grindcore type of, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, so that was my first experience singing in a band. And then after that, uh, that band was active from around 1994 to like 98. And then after that, like, 99, 2000, I started dabbling in uh, other stuff uh, band-wise, uh, grindcore and thrash metal and and death metal and stuff like that.
0: How did the voice evolve? Take me through the steps of going from a crust punk shouter to the extreme gutturals
1: that you're doing now. Okay, because, um, like I said, the... First style that I was kind of accustomed to was the high pitch raspy stuff that w- that I was doing in the crust punk band, and then a few years later, um, I tried. I found some musicians that were really good in the area, and we tried doing like a black metal thing. Really? So I carried. I can't picture. I carried you doing the black metal. I thing. carried the high pitch raspy thing over into. Uh, it was like a symphonic black metal. And really? I, yeah, and I was more prone to. Bands like Marduk and Dark Funeral, like the the blast-heavy type of black metal. Not, uh, not the demo, yeah. Right, and the Necro sound, like the underproduced, like lo-fi, uh, Dark Throne stuff and shit like that. Uh, early Immortal, early Satiricon, stuff like that. Um, so these guys, they wanted to do like this whole symphonic demo kind of stuff, and I wasn't into it, um, but you know i i humored them for a year or two and wrote songs with them and shit but we never we never played out we never made it out of the basement and uh so me and the guitar player that band we were like said we need something more brutal and that's when uh we were like well let's try to play like uh you know let's do a death metal band so and then we formed a band called eaten alive uh which was like uh Very influenced by Barnes era Cannibal Corpse, Eating Back to Life type of.
0: Exactly. I was going to say that uh, it sounds like there was some influence there.
1: Yeah. And uh, and my first uh, experience with doing uh, like low pitch rasp or guttural, if you want to call it, that was, uh, you know, just trying to imitate Chris Barnes and trying to imitate Barney Greenway and other vocalists that I was familiar with that inspired me when I was younger. So that's my story when it comes to the death <laughs> metal.
0: What about you growing up in your house? Did you come from a, a family of musicians? No. Did you used to sing as a kid?
1: Um, what would be like the soundtrack to your youth? <laughs> soundtrack to my youth. Wow. Okay. What was playing in your house? And- well, my mom, she was into like a lot of Motown and stuff like that. A lot of like top 40 radio stuff. My father, he was into country music and bluegrass and classic rock, um, Beatles, stones, stuff like that. Um, but my mom had like five brothers, so, and they were all in their late 20s and in their 30s when I was a kid, so, uh, you know, I was four or five years old, and, you know, my uncles would have Judas Priest posters on the wall. And really? I, Nightmare on Elm Street posters on the wall. They're getting exposed to it's like dark imagery. Black Sabbath posters on the wall and, you know, I was just a little kid. Hey, what's that? Oh. Something that scares you yeah. but somewhat intrigues you at the same right. time. Yeah. It'll say, yeah, this is Ozzy Osbourne you know, biting the fucking head off of a bat. And Wouldn't it be
0: interesting to go back now
1: and have yourself
0: look at your tattoo work? Mm. And see what the perspective would be of that. Mm. For people that don't know, Travis has a lot of tattoos that is extremely gory almost and, and
1: scary. Yeah, a lot of horror portraits and a lot of H.R. Uh, Giger and uh, uh, Paul Booth-inspired black and gray artwork. Have you ever tattooed? Do you, Is that something that interests you? Have I ever tattooed? Yeah. I... I, I uh, I have a friend, Priscilla. She's from DC. She lives in um Denver, Colorado. A beautiful city. That's Bure, where Mecca. She lives. Yeah, so she let me tattoo her once. Really? How like, did that go? It went really bad. <laughs> yeah. It was with a gun too, so she she wanted me to she wanted me to tattoo a picture of myself on her. That's funny. So I tattooed a frowny face with long hair. <laughs> like a stick figure. What would be your first tattoo? My first tattoo was these uh, you skulls got on it, my which, forearm. Yeah, You still got it. I like it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. A lot of people just cover up their first tattoos when they when they go as far as you, got, you go into tattooing. I've gotten
1: some stuff covered up on my chest and stuff, but that was my first tattoo was just some skulls. Of course. At what point are you going to do a face tattoo? <laughs> a face tattoo? I don't know if I'm going to get any face tattoos. But when I was in my cross punk phase, I was definitely like hanging out with uh, squatters and train hoppers and shit and that was like real popular like back then I guess it's still popular now it's definitely like like there's a point of no return and that's it
0: yeah. in my opinion yeah at least nowadays in social how social norms yeah. are constructed, they had right the, like
1: now. the tribal shit tattooed on their face and the fucking squatters rights symbols and shit like that but I think now like facial tattoos they're more accepted but a lot more people have them yeah but uh it's a lot, a lot of script and stuff. You see people getting shit cursive and shit tattooed on their face and stuff like that. But I don't know. I think it's kind of, kind of dumb.
0: What is the moment that you're most proud of, being in Visceral Discord?
1: I guess just recently, like doing the charting on Billboard and and being in Metal Hammer and being in Decibel Magazine. That's probably my proudest moment. Is that a moment you thought would ever happen? No. And last year when we toured with suffocation, that was like a dream come true because suffocation was a big in- influence on, you know, at least me and Steve.
0: It wasn't only just a suffocation tour, it was Frank's last tour, US tour. Yeah. Which was huge. Very yeah. huge. And you guys got that last minute. Quote unquote last tour. Yeah. <laughs> They're taking a page out of the Slayer books, um, yeah. the KISS books. <laughs>
1: I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll have a few more farewell tours. They should? Yeah, I'll keep going. (laughs) Yeah, I think from talking to Frank, he said he wants to get into acting and stuff like that. That's what I heard, yeah. What would be the perfect role for Frank Mullen? (laughs) (laughs) I could say him on one of the New York cop shows, you know. Mm. Law and Order. Yeah. (laughs) Law and Order slam
0: beat down. Speaking about uh, police officers... The, the Slam Police.
1: Oh, man. Let's talk about that. Don't get me started on the Slam Police. I, I,
0: I absolutely want to get you started on it. You guys got called out. For everyone that doesn't know, there's these elitist slam music enthusiasts who, on the internet, I assume. Internet trolls. They they called out the new Visceral Discourse when you guys dropped a new single yeah. and said that it wasn't slam because you guys are supposed to be a slam band.
1: Right. We're supposed to be. So, yeah, yeah cause, a, because you have to be there. something. Right. <laughs>
0: let's talk about that. How do you feel about that? What do you think about all that? I call (laughs)
1: it on this whole scenario. First of all, in the entire history of visceral discourse, never once have we referred to ourselves as a slam band. So I'm just going to get that out of the way. Uh, if I were to classify us, I would say that we're like brutal death metal or extreme metal. I would use those two, uh, terms. Um, do we have slams sure we have slams and we have breakdowns and stuff but you know so does suffocation so does dying fetus you know it, it is basically so does broken hope so what does it, it
0: is what defines death metal right the fact that there's a tempo change right and it starts it slows down the music it's exactly what death
1: metal is keep going sorry so yeah I think a lot of people were expecting uh, ingesting putridity part two instead they got a uh, and Ingesting putridity on methamphetamines 2.0 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we tried to speed Everything up speed the tempos up speed What was that day up. did you open up like your, your Internet and then no I mean Did you see
0: all these comments coming in what was your Immediate reaction
1: Fuck these posers <laughs> That's my first reaction <laughs> Who the fuck complains that there's Too many blast beats in death metal who does that Seriously there's yeah. too many blast beats in death metal There's too many blast beats in my grind core Like, it's fucking idiocy. So, I mean, we're just trying to take, raise the bar from what we did last, you know? So, more aggression, more speed, more ferociousness, veracity, everything. Just kick everything up a notch. The breakdowns are slam harder, and the blast beats are faster and more catchy. So, it's, I mean, it's... I think it's pretty easy to get into, you know. It's pretty easy to bang your head to. I don't know. At the end of the day, you're writing the music for you guys. Exactly. Well, uh, our guitarist he passed away in 2016, or 2014, rather, um, he was real into Deeds of Flesh and, like, some of the faster stuff. So that's kind of the direction we were going to take anyway, was faster, you know what I mean? But still keep the groove and keep the hooks and and the and the breakdowns and stuff, so... Which I think we accomplished. Did it turn out the best that it could have? No. But, I mean, I guess for... So you're still not satisfied with the new record. Is that what you mean? Uh, No, but then again, I'm I'm the hardest to please. I have the highest expectations out of anyone in the band. So I wanted to spend a few more weeks in the mixing process. Okay, yeah. But we were under time restraints and uh, we wanted to have the album out. In the f- in the fall. And in order to do that, we needed to hand it in. And so it is what it is. I think Kinda it came out at the right time, especially with all the chores you guys have lined up. I don't know if it came out the right time. Christ. Every fucking death metal band known <laughs> to man is, like, <laughs> putting albums out, like, now. Like every, every, every,
0: in the fall. It's the fall. That's the way it is. Everyone wants to get on those year-end lists. And that's what this is.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I think touring with uh, Cryptopsy and Origin and... Uh, Defeated Sanity and, uh, who else? Selfo. Psychoptic. I think all that kind of shit kind of rubbed off on us a little bit. You know, wanted us to step our game up a little bit.
0: My memories of touring with you guys, you guys are always very hardworking on time, every night just slaying it on stage. You were very quiet. Yeah. That's, that's my memory of you. I speak when I'm spoken to. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then you, you, you come off almost as shy. Yeah. Yeah, how how much of the, the being an introvert is important to be
1: an extrovert on stage for you as a human? I mean, I guess it's kind of important. I just I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know how to answer it. Um I just try to put on a good show and have fun. So sometimes I look stupid on stage and sometimes I, th- I say stupid shit on stage, but
0: I feel like it's like it's the moment that's the most... Yeah, you. I'm
1: not the type of person that, like, rehearses or any of that kind of there's stuff. No, so. There's no speeches that are planned Yeah, out. yeah, like, I don't have,
0: like... You guys don't have, like, as the Cryptops, we have, like, these standard... Not standard speeches, but they're standard moments in the set
1: where I have to deliver speeches. Is that yeah. something that you guys have? No, not really. I just kind of say whatever comes off the top of my head. I don't have, like, any, um... Any script that I'm going off of? Do I, you have any like moments where you've said something
0: and you said, "Oh shit, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that." What would be the worst thing you've ever said on stage?
1: <laughs> I'm probably getting the city that I'm in. Like, uh, oh like yeah, the that, wrong that scares me. That scares me to. If it happens to me, yeah, yeah,
0: I do it. I I, I like because I call out stuff at
1: certain parts. Like, yeah. uh, like the other night, I was like, "Yeah, St. Paul, St. Paul," and then they're like, "Dude, we're not in St. Oh, Paul. Shit. We're <laughs> like somewhere else in Minnesota." <laughs>
0: At well, least the same state. Yeah. <laughs> I, I say it in my head as I'm like leading up to the part. I'm like, okay, okay, Detroit. Okay, it's Detroit. Because I've, I've definitely fucked up before.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: If you could travel back in time and be on one tour again, what tour would that be?
1: Is this just tours that we have done or just any tour in particular?
0: No, your tours. Oh, uh, okay. A tour that you enjoyed, you had a good time, and you would like to relive again. Cryptopsy. Yes. That was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Devastation of the nation. let's the yes. make it happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if every tour we could do was like the Farewell to Frank tour, that would be amazing. Because that was like probably, I mean, that, it's because it was his farewell tour and Suffo hadn't done anything with Frank in a few years. But uh, just the the attendance every night was just crazy. Well, it was a lineup
0: from hell. It was just so good. Suffocation with Frank, cattle decapitation, Christian, Christian yeah.
1: you guys. It was supposed to be surreption, but yes. surreption couldn't... Yeah, shout I out
0: think, to my, my Swedes who, who had visa issues, but yeah. cheers to you guys, Frank. Hell yeah. How much do you think that helped, actually? Like, your, your visibility in the States
1: and hypothetically leading towards what happened with the billboard? Uh, yeah, I mean, that was probably, uh, put our name out there. There's a there was a lot of um,
0: a lot of people at every show.
1: There's a lot of people at every show, but even the um, the press and the um, the advertising for the festival. I mean, for the the tour. tour.
0: Yeah. What would be the the press question that you hate the most?
1: The press question that I hate the most. Uh, I don't know. I think like a lot of people uh, when I do interviews and stuff, like they don't realize that uh, like I'll be forty. Uh, in November. and uh, You don't look 40. They think I'm just like in my 20s and I'm like I'm some young kid and shit. And they're like, you know, don't realize I've been in bands for 20 plus years. Since 94. Yeah. Um, but it it's usually has stupid questions that have to do with the history of the band and stuff like that. And, you know, why isn't this person in the band? And why did you do this? And why? Someone like, someone some that went
0: to your Wikipedia page and
1: Yeah, it's all simple things that you could find just by doing a Google search, you know? What is your ultimate message that you'd like to get out to the world? The ultimate message that I would like to <laughs> get out to the world? Um, That's a um, tough question. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't we all just smoke a bong, man? (laughs) It's legal up here now. You should.
0: (laughs) Travis, you're amazing. I'm so excited to see your show tonight. Thank you, man. Thank you for coming, drinking a beer with me at St. Buck on St. Denis Street in Montreal. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Hey, thank you all so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Travis, such a cool guy. We did Devastation on the Nation together as we discussed during the interview and uh we didn't have that much time to chat. It's always complicated at these festival shows. There's too many bands. It's you know, we we hung out a bit but we didn't get to talk in depth the way that we just did during the night of this interview and uh Travis is a really cool guy. Really, really like that new visceral discourge album. You guys should check it out if you like uh groovy, technical, slam filled, uh brutal music. It is just really, really out there, and um, they still got some songs going on there, so I always appreciate that. And uh, Travis's vocals are extreme, out-of-this-world, guttural toilet vocals, and I just absolutely love awesome. them. I hope that you guys had a great week. I hope that you have an excellent weekend. Remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. <laughs>